Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Michaela Peterson talks about inclusiveness. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. The person that I had my contract with informed me that because I'm a known turf, I'm toxic to the project. And so she had to cancel my contract. She did so uh, reluctantly. <laughs> she really liked working with me and she wanted to keep me on. But other people involved told her that I was toxic to the project and that I had to go. And I understood exactly why that was because of how all of this is playing out throughout our society. And then later, I got a job in 2018 at a DC city agency. And in early 2019, I appeared on a panel at the Heritage Foundation called the Inequality of the Equality Act Concerns from the Left. And that made a lot of people really angry and they complained to my boss. And over the course of 2018, 18, 2019, it just became untenable. It became impossible for me to speak out about this topic during non-work hours. I never allowed my work with Women's Liberation Front or Women's Declaration International to interfere with my job. But nonetheless, people were so angry at things that I was saying during my non-work hours on sex and gender that they mm. basically just kept harassing my boss. And she kept having to spend a lot of time dealing with it. And I had to spend a lot of time dealing with it. And eventually I just quit my job. And that was the end of 2019. And so I've just been talking a lot about sex and gender ever since. So the point is, if you say something that uh, the, the modern, you know, the, the modern womanist movement or what, what would you call it? The, um, the mainstream, if you say something against what the mainstream says then that's it, right? Your job is, your job is lost, right? Um, effectively controlling the language a la 1984, right? So freedom of speech doesn't exist because if you don't speak exactly as, you know, um, the matriarchy wants you to speak, well, you're toxic, right? You're the M word, you're the A word, you're the worst. And apparently it even happens woman against woman. And in fact, I would I would argue, this is probably true, it's probably worse if a girl speaks out against um, the matriarchy because, you know, she's considered a traitor. Okay, can you describe what a TERF is? So the acronym TERF stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Oh, yes. Okay, I have heard that. Yes. So uh, these are women who th the term was invented by people who were very angry that women were standing up for ourselves and demanding to be known as a sex class. Women and girls exist as a coherent category of people distinct from men and boys. Ah, I think I understand where this is. Well, this is going. One sec. We'll unpack this. Let's let's do the shilling first. Uh, drop me a donation like Tom M, uh, Adrian R, and Hunter M. Just hit more underneath the, the video there. 
Uh, buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios Go to my Patreon and subscribe. Patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Hit all for notifications. Okay, shilling is done. So here's how we unpack it. Uh, she, I guess, is a womanist. But she wants to say that women are a biological category. And because of that, she got fired from her job because she's not inclusive enough. I think that's what we're getting at here. And a lot of people really don't like that. Turf. Okay. Okay. So what what does Women's Liberation Front do? Women's Liberation Front does a number of things, including fighting for the abolition of gender. It's currently got a lawsuit before federal district court in the in federal court in California complaining about a California law that mandates the incarceration of men and boys or men rather in the women's prison. And there are under California law, as far as I know, a couple of hundred men being housed in the women's prison. And Wolf currently has a lawsuit pending challenging that in federal court, arguing that the policy allowing men in women's prisons violates the First Amendment, the Eighth Amendment, and various other constitutional provisions. I should say I'm not directly involved in that lawsuit, nor do I currently serve on the board of Women's Liberation Front, although I am a member. Wow. So it sounds like you lead a somewhat stressful life. You know, it was stressful for a period of time, but it just feels so important to be able to have honest conversations about sex and gender that I'm sort of used to it by now. Right. So this is what the snake eating its own tail, right? Uh, As the womanist movement becomes more and more, quote unquote, inclusive, more and more groups break off that no longer believe the primary ideology because the primary ideology is becoming more and more fragmented or differentiated from what it was initially. And so the womanists start to fight the womanists because they disagree on what womanism truly is. So, as I said, the the snake then eats its own tail. Okay, well, that's good. So... You claim in your book uh, that the term transgender was invented to serve a political purpose. Can you walk me through uh, that argument? So my understanding is that in the 1960s and 70s, continuing into the 80s, there was a growing movement within the academy coming out of postmodernism, right? So postmodernism is sort of this idea that material reality doesn't exist, And so coming out of postmodernism came queer theory, which was the idea that the material reality of biological sex doesn't exist. However. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the truth is that biological realities do exist, which is why we have, you know, um, like dimorphism between the genders And uh, we have very obvious physical differences which manifest in different abilities to play sports and different proclivities for both men and women, right? If you look at the most egalitarian countries, the Nordic countries, right? In those countries, men and women are the most split. 
So men tend towards masculine professions and women tends to tend towards women profession, uh, like feminine professions even more. So it's kind of ridiculous, right? To, to say that that is, you know, just a construct. It's, it's really, it's really not and it ignores biological realities. Um, and it kind of is deliberately obtuse. If a bunch of academics had tried to persuade ordinary, average, everyday Americans across the political spectrum that the material reality of biological sex doesn't exist, they wouldn't have been able to do it because everybody knows what a man is and what a woman is. And so they they invented the term. My argument is that they invented the term transgender to make it sound as though there is a coherent category of people who are being deprived of civil rights. But that's mm-hmm. just not true. Okay, so um, from what I know, the the argument that's more in favor of transgenderism, for lack of a better description, would be that there was a fairly significant subset of people that identified as transgender that were always ignored, that had high suicide rates because they weren't allowed to express themselves properly. Um, What's your opinion on that argument? There's just no evidence that it's true. (laughs) I mean, there's just literally no credible evidence that there's that that's true. There's no support for it whatsoever. You know, we know from studying science and evolution that human beings evolved and that we are mammals. And because we're mammals, all of us, every single one of us is either female or male, like every other mammal on the face of the planet. Uh, okay. Now I can see why, uh, she, uh, might have been fired. She has a very extreme view, which, again, like, the arguments that say all and none are inaccurate, right? There are some gray areas, but yes, there is statistical anomaly, right? But her saying stuff like that, I can I can totally see why she got into trouble. Um, yeah, you can't make all arguments like that. I can, yeah, anyway. She becomes an easy target doing that. Um, anyway, must be very low in agreeableness to make an argument like that and stand by it proudly. To the point where she's even written a book. Interesting. All right, let's continue. Okay, so how did we get to where we are now? Because I know I've seen in elementary schools, you know, what they're starting to teach people as early as kindergarten, that gender doesn't exist and that everyone should be, you know, free to express themselves in whatever way they want to. How did we go from um, men and women, you know, women's actual women's rights, women deserve rights to where we are now, which is having men on women's swim teams? So... A couple things are going on here, one of which is that at the founding of the republic, uh, the, uh, there's a reason I'm talking about this. The United States Constitution did not address women's suffrage, instead choosing to leave the matter to the individual states. And at the founding of the republic, not a single state allowed women to vote because they're women, right? Women were excluded from the vote on the basis of sex. The first state to allow women to vote was not even a state at the time. It was the Wyoming Territory. And Mm. it enacted a law in the late 18th century, I think, maybe late 19th century, 
that said it was called something like female franchisement, female enfranchisement. And it said that going forward, women would be allowed to vote. But the reason that that law was necessary is because women had been excluded from the vote on the basis of sex. And now all of a sudden we're being told that sex doesn't exist as a material category, which is very frustrating to women, including feminists who are very interested in fighting for the rights of the category of people called women. Oh, I did not even think about this. That, huh. So what's the point? The point that this lady is trying to make is that they, like, they're trying to erase the category of women altogether and, and blend everything into one category. And so no one or everyone has the same rights as a result of this because there are no two distinct categories. Huh. That's quite an interesting point. Okay, let me know what you guys think about this, because this is quite far out of my wheelhouse, actually. You tell me what you think. So what happened in schools? One of the things you touched on is kids are being taught that they should be able to express themselves in whatever ways that they want. And I think that I would completely agree with that. I think it's very important that kids be able to explore their personalities, their expressions, their preferences regarding hairstyle and clothing and whatever else. And as they get older, sexuality. But that doesn't mean that any kids ought to be or even can uh, be encouraged that it's possible to change their sex. In other words, if a boy wants to wear a pink dress, encouraging him to do that is, is great, right? We ought to be encouraging kids to be able to embrace the expressions that they feel best fits with their personality. But the idea that that makes him a girl is, first of all, untrue. Second of all, extremely dangerous to his psychological development. And third of all, grounded in regressive stereotypes that say that girls are like supposed to like pink dresses and boys are like supposed to like blue pants. Okay, this is uh, like, hmm, now it's a little bit splitting the hairs. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain this. Um, to me, it seems that it's just a little bit too contrived, right? Like, so boys should be encouraged to wear dresses, but they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be told that they're girls uh, because it's harmful to have stereotypes like girls should be wearing dresses. Like, actually, I disagree with this. I think the stereotypes that encourage women to be feminine and men to be masculine should be encouraged because uh, relationships are based on polarity, right? Like good, happy relationships are based on men doing men's stuff and women doing women's stuff and, I, and, and you know, clear, defined gender roles. And I think that culture should encourage those gender roles. So I actually disagree with that argument. Um, Yeah. Now, with regards to um, kids being taught that if they're wearing 
certain clothing that they can then consider themselves the gender of the clothing that they're wearing. Um, again, like, you can't make the all argument here, right? The all argument saying that um, there are no such people that have these specific thoughts or proclivities or that actually are, you know, that actually need it um, for, for their proper psychological development. But I think the age maybe is, is the issue. Like what age should children be taught what is normal and what is, you know, what should be encouraged and discouraged? It's actually quite a complicated topic. I Guys, I'm really quite out of my wheelhouse here with this uh, with this debate all right uh, or with this uh, discussion rather so you let me know what you think in the comments again i think it i think here you guys probably you know more than me on this almost certainly right feminists have been fighting against these stereotypes forever and now this ideology is to a great extent grounded in the stereotypes that we wish could be abolished. Yeah. It's confused me a bit because it seems to be coming from people who 15 years ago were feminists. And now it feels like you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but it feels like those same people have somehow switched over to, Oh no, now it's transgenderism we're fighting for rather than women. Yeah, I mean, it is confusing, and I... Not really. It's more like the goalposts have been moved, right? And the goalposts have been moved because the point is, uh, womanism and inclusivity have become the same movement, right? So that's the leftist kind of uh, cultural Marxist kind of system, right? it leans and encourages this sort of thinking and this sort of uh, support idea. Let's continue. I would say that what feminists were saying 10 years ago was that kids shouldn't be forced into sex stereotypes, among other things. Feminists have been saying a lot of things for decades. But one of them was that kids shouldn't be forced into sex stereotypes. And I would stand by that statement. Yeah, again, this is the one that I disagree with. Well, okay. I don't think kids should be forced to to abide by certain stereotypes. But... What I do think is that, in general, a culture that supports male and female stereotypes, like proper stereotypes or proper, um, you know, standards for behavior, um, that sort of thing leads to a better society, right? A society that encourages men to be masculine and women to be feminine um, does better, in general. A society with clearly defined roles. Um, as we've seen in the last few years, like let's say 20 years or maybe more, maybe 40, maybe since 1960, uh, is that a society without clearly defined roles tends toward chaos as opposed to uh, towards a positive, happy direction like one might expect.
then and today. But a lot of people seem to have shifted from kids shouldn't be forced into sex stereotypes to if a kid likes a sex stereotype that makes the kid the opposite sex. That's a very different thing from what feminists have been saying this whole time. Hmm. So how um, how many people are kind of fighting in the same way you are? Because generally speaking, when you hear the term feminist now, I generally speaking equate that with people who are very far left, who are fighting for these um, transgender, this transgender movement. When I when I hear feminism, that's what I assume people believe in. So um, you identify as a feminist, but as a true feminist. And is there a group of people that are behind you here? Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, this lady on the right is clearly a female supremacist, right? She wants women to get more rights. I mean, they already have the same rights as men, right? So she wants women to have more rights. Um, And she doesn't want the category of woman to disappear because then there's no opportunity for women to be favored, right? Uh, that that has been percolating for a few minutes here, that, uh, that idea. You know, it's, of course, completely understandable that you think that because the mainstream media would have you believe it. All the sort of mainstream, large organizations that claim to be feminist organizations like National Association for Women, Planned Parenthood, National Center for Lesbian Rights, all of them are pushing the idea that some men can be women. And they do that by referring to a co- to a category of transgender women. But we're talking about men. Um, are there people behind me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm the president of Women's Declaration International U.S. chapter. We have over 5,000 signatories to the Declaration on Women's Sex-Based Rights, which is a global document. That 5,000 is not a large number. That's a very small number. That seeks to enshrine women's sex-based rights in law all over the world. We're global. Uh, The document has over 31,000 signatures globally. Again, over 5,000 in the States. Again, if you consider the global population, it's quite small. 31,000. 5,000 for the United States is minuscule, right? Uh, What's the population of the United States? 200-something million? So if we divide it by half... Uh, sorry, if we divide it in half, because dividing by half is something different. Uh, if we divide the population in half, that's 100 million. So you have 5,000 signatures and a population of 100 million. Like, of course, let's say, I don't know exactly what the percentages of, of girls that can't vote yet, right, in that 100 million. But let's say it's, you know, a small percentage. Let's say it's 10%. Right. And so then what? It's 90 million. So you got 5,000 signatures out of 90 million. Your movement is minuscule. And uh, as you mentioned, Women's Liberation Front is also fighting for the sex based rights of women and girls. So we're out here and and we do this and we talk about this stuff all the time. One thing that is very frustrating is that we cannot get a voice in most mainstream media outlets. They don't even mention us. And when they mention us, they disparage us and say that we're right wing, even though most of us, almost all of us come from a left wing political value system. Right. Again, snake eating its own tail. These would be the ones that are eating the tail. 
right? They're not the the main. They're the, you know, the barbarians nipping at the heels. Okay. Anyway, uh, relationship advice posted six hours ago. So the guy is 38, caught his wife cheating, the wife, the wife is 30. This just happened, I don't know what to do. We had a relationship of 10 years, I'm 30 and she's 30. We got married last year and she said it was the happiest day of her life. Uh, I guess for some weeks, my wife has been spending more time with friends and coworkers. We'd always like to go out together, but she mentioned after a session with the therapist that, that he thinks she's depressed and wants more time with her friends. I chalk up the, the D word to ongoing work issues that we thoroughly discuss almost on a daily basis. I really tried to be supportive, even though this felt like a major change in how we typically go out. A month ago, at my sister's birthday, we all go out as a medium-sized group to go drinking. Uh, wife invites a co-worker, male and female. Okay. Oh, uh, wait. Okay, I'm getting confused. It sounds to me like his wife made out with a guy after getting, um, you know, after drinking some stuff. Uh, no, no, okay, it's right. I asked her to stop and she walked off to the street extremely angry. I catch up to her and she's yelling at me in the middle of a busy nightlife. Uh, wife comes down, we all Uber back to my place. This is normal. And I really consider the guy a family friend. Uh, the next morning, I'm pretty upset at how the night went down, so I yell at her for how emotionally involved she is with the work people. As I mentioned, we had a few uh, nights a week for months of her coming home to complain about work issues, and I'm a bit hurt that I'm no longer invited to her work's uh, after-work happy hours. I woke up, uh, you know, after drinking continued. Okay. Last week, the wife comes home uh, at midnight from happy hour with the cousins and passes out on the couch. I'm starting to feel weird about things, so I check her call logs online. I find she's been talking to B on the phone every day for as long as I care to check and deleting the local call logs. I wake her up to confront her and she mentions she hasn't been happy in a relationship for months. She shows me nothing is going on with B. She later admits B was there after, um, he was there that night after lying that he wasn't. I don't use most social media, so but I have access to her Insta and I end up checking. And I see messages from B with memes of wanting to be together and loving each other. Again, I confront her about this and she assures me nothing is going on. Wife says attention seeking is a symptom of a, of a D word about our relationship. I see. Okay. So she's just cheating. And she's trying to justify it. That's, that's all it is. Like, disaster. Alright guys, we're going to end the video there. Hit the sub, hit all for notifications, drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian O, and Tom M. Uh, just click more underneath the video. Buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios Books. Go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you listen to the end. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time.